0: It's Tuesday, October twentieth. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hale. With me today, the one and only Bill Barker. Thanks for being here.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: We've got another, uh, yet another tech company that is benefiting from people working from home. Uh, Uncle Sam is suing Google. We will get to that. We're going to start with consumer staples. Procter and Gamble sales in the first quarter rose nine percent. The company raised revenue guidance for the full fiscal year. And shares of Procter and Gamble up around one and a half percent, which is not a lot, but just enough that that stock is hitting an all-time high.
1: Yeah, an outstanding quarter, uh, largely a margin story on the outstanding part. Uh, You know, they sold seven percent more uh, in terms of volume, about nine percent total. So that's not extraordinary, but uh, it's it's good in this uh, in this economy. People are cleaning both their their homes and their uh, themselves more actually. And the thing that uh, Procter and Gamble has going for it is that it is uh, I think the best margin quarter that I could find uh, over the last fifteen years. So it is. Not forced into discounting right now. There are not a lot of promotional sales that it has to make. People are still going to the stores, paying full price for a lot of uh, a lot of their goods, uh, and they are not uh, in the position where they have to raise salaries at the moment. Or uh, you know, they, they've done very well at keeping costs down. So between those two, being able to charge what they want to charge for their products and uh, doing it more efficiently. Uh, a great quarter
0: great quarter and if they're not spending more money on salaries uh john moeller who's the chief operating officer and the cfo made it very clear they are going to be spending more on marketing because they look at the current environment uh, look procter and gamble they sell stuff all around the world but north america is their biggest market and i think they're looking at the numbers of how many people are uh, spending time on screens and they're saying to themselves, yeah, it is a good investment for us to spark, start ramping up our marketing.
1: Yeah, they are spending a lot of time on screens, not necessarily uh, on the screens and where the ads traditionally have been, uh, which would be TV ads, more uh, people are um you know, watching, watching Netflix, watching uh, things on uh, the video recordings and just skipping through the ads. So, it's more and more online uh, advertising and uh, more is coming, uh, since everybody looks like they will be uh, locked inside for another couple quarters.
0: Um, right before we started recording, you mentioned, uh, are, are they making some acquisitions um, you said something about them expanding their, their product line, which over you go back 10 years, Procter and Gamble um, underwent um, essentially a culling of, of sorts with their portfolio because they you know 10 years ago they had food products. and I think uh, they sort of looked at everything they were selling and said, you know what? We're going to get rid of the food, we're going to sell off those brands, we're going to focus on the household products, the cleaning products, the grooming products, and that has worked well for them. Are they now expanding what they're doing um, in terms of household goods?
1: Well, one of the things that they've done, this is the power of having a brand. Um, if you can remember back into the early days of the pandemic, uh, New York uh, in a rush to do as much as possible uh, with limited supplies, we're getting, I think, um, hand sanitizer developed uh, within the prisons, right? I mean, uh, they were using prison uh, prisoners to help make that. Uh, and, th- and I think that sort of underlines the degree to which hand si- sanitizer is a complicated product to make, which is... Not really. Uh, one of the things that they highlighted in this report was their the launch of Safeguard hand soap and hand sanitizer. Safeguard, one of the many brands that you're probably aware of through advertising, whether that was a brand you actually ever used uh, in your home. Uh, so they get to charge more for sand sanitizer than you know prisoner brand hand sanitizer, which I just don't think comes at a premium. And I think that this is part of The equation, uh, you're you're seeing Church and Dwight do this as well with some of its uh, cleaning brands. You can use any brand that is associated with cleanliness and go to where people are buying things right now, which very much includes hand sanitizer. And uh, I just point out that they they pointed out, uh, highlighted uh, the launch of Safeguard hand sanitizer. And I think that sort of extends to where their strengths are at the moment.
0: We saw sort of a ripple effect of this with the latest quarter from Albertson's uh, shares of that grocery chain up around 5 6% today. Uh, A similar uh, headline story with Albertson's second quarter profits were more than double what Wall Street was expecting. Uh, Revenue was up. Digital sales, and my assumption is that they were working off of a small base, but Albertson's digital sales in the second quarter rose more than 240%.
1: Yes. Uh, so People are buying things produced by Procter & Gamble, and they're buying them at uh, Albertsons and the many other brands uh, that they operate under, including in, in our area, Safeway, and and uh, um, back in my hometown, Acme, uh, and in your home, well, not your hometown, Star Market in in Massachusetts, and it's not really your home. It was within a one-time shouting, home. Within shouting distance. You, you made it home for a small period of time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, they're, they're known uh, across the country uh, and under various different names, and everybody's buying more groceries or enough people are buying more groceries that uh, they had same-store sales, I think, of uh, 11%. Uh, and so, the digital sales um, increased uh, 240%, that's still a small part of what they have. You know, as more people get used to finally buying groceries online, which is one of the sort of last developing categories in a lot of ways um, for online sales, they're there. They're not the only ones, but two hundred and forty-three percent. You can do you can do some profits with that.
0: Let's move to tech and devices. Um, shares of Logitech up more than fifteen percent this morning. Second quarter profits tripled Wall Street's expectations. Uh, Logitech is in the business of computer keyboards, mice, headsets, and uh, business is going well right now.
1: Yeah, gaming is, is one of the biggest parts of that. Uh, I think this was the first quarter where they did over a billion in sales and they went $1.25 So. Uh, by far the best quarter in the history uh, of this company, and they see more of the same. Again, as as the time that people are going to be spending indoors uh, extends itself, and as people, I think, take a longer term look at how much they're going to be working from home, adding to their uh, work from home technologies, uh, certainly. Uh, gaming is uh, growing and still growing fast. And they have a lot of products that I don't, you know, I've I've had the Logitech mouse here or there over the years and the Logitech camera uh, and, you know, don't pay it a whole lot of attention, but they show up in your uh, technology and they are having one of the great quarters. It's not, you know, it's hard in, uh, the hardware space to be a, an outperformer over long periods of time because the brands don't tend to uh, give you that much strength. Apple being a real standout uh, and a, you know exception to that, but at the moment uh, they're selling, they're in all the right places, and and I wouldn't be surprised if some of that advantage gets competed away over time, but it's not getting competed away today.
0: No, I think that's right. And uh, when you look, this this is one of those situations where I think that longevity is an advantage. Logitech's been around for about forty years. It is a known brand. It is a known entity. Um, And I think it's easy to imagine uh, at least part of what we saw in this latest quarter was uh, companies, employers. And others, sort of saying, "Okay, how can we set our folks up for success in their home?" And just placing large orders to Logitech. Um, again, it's a known quantity. Um, I, I think, as you said, it, it's an advantage that probably uh, gets reduced over time. But in you know, in the short term, you know, go with the brand you know.
1: Yeah, and they don't have to do uh, promotional. Offers right now, people are just adding more keyboards, more monitors, more certainly cameras uh, to to what they've got. And at some point, uh, we'll find that we have a, a large inventory of things in various offices that didn't end up uh, getting used as quickly as they were acquired. Uh, but uh, those days are not upon us yet, and. Uh, They were able to raise their their guidance for the rest of the year. uh, And they've, I think, uh, doubled as a stock over the last year uh, after a few years that were significantly less interesting than that for shareholders. But, uh, you know, one year of doubling your money uh, can make up for a number of previous years of, uh, you know, less stellar performance. Our email
0: address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Question from Pete in Ohio who writes: I have a question for Bill Barker the next time he's on Market Foolery. I, I got to be honest. When I read that line, I, I didn't think the next, I didn't think the actual question was going to be about stocks. I just it seems
1: it like a trap, doesn't it? Not a like, trap. Like, I just like, assumed
0: I, it was going to be tangent related, but no, it's an actual I, investing I mean, question.
1: I mean, this the question is so specific, it seems like maybe I've said something in the past uh, and forgotten about that now I'm going to have quoted back to myself when I answer this question uh, incorrectly. But go ahead.
0: Instead, what comes next from Pete in his email is, let's suppose you've held an investment for 17 years and have experienced an average annual return of 10%. Is this a reason to celebrate or meh? Should the benchmark be the S&P 500? Uh, I, I, I'll i take the second one first. In general, I think uh, as stock investors, we try to compare what we're doing to the S&P 500. Uh, part of the thesis being, look, when you're starting out, get a low-cost S&P 500 index fund. And then if you want to get into Buying individual stocks, see how you measure yourself against that index. So I, I think that should be the benchmark. Uh, to his question, is that a reason to celebrate or meh? What do you think? Uh,
1: well, I would, uh, t- two answers. One, it depends, and the other, uh, yes. Uh, so there are various. Time it all depends. Hey, this is an investment. Is, is it? Are we just talking about a stock investment? Was it real estate investment? Like, if you, I'm made assuming it's a stock. Seventeen. You know, ten percent on bonds uh, over the last seventeen years, you'd be ecstatic. If you made ten uh, percent, uh, and I, I looked up uh, between September two thousand three and September twenty twenty, uh, in the S and P, uh, you made nine point four percent. So if you made ten, so if the seventeen year period we're talking about are the last seventeen years, should you be ecstatic? You should be happy. You beat the market. You, if assuming you pocketed that ten percent, weren't paying, uh, you know, a, a percent, a percent and a half for for you know financial advice or management or something like that, yeah, you beat the S and P five hundred. Now, when somebody talks about seventeen year periods, what I think of and what everybody really thinks about is. Uh, one, the 17-year locusts, which is a, a misnomer, but also uh, because they're really cicadas, and uh, also Warren Buffett's essay on this topic, in which he dissected the returns of the market over two 17-year periods, uh, I think it was uh, sorry, nine, 1966 to 1983 and 1983 to 2000, more or less. And 66 to 83, you made zero. The, the Dow Jones didn't move from the the beginning of sixty six to the end of eighty two. So you made some dividends, but the Dow didn't move at all. The next seventeen years, you made uh, like eighteen percent a year, something like that. So is is a seventeen year period where you make ten percent a good thing? Almost, almost certainly, you you should be happy with that if you put money away seventeen years ago for your child's college and you're looking to spend it today, you're happy you put that money away in stocks and made 10%. Um, But there there are certainly no guarantees that that's going to be the case over all 17-year periods. I I think you should put up uh, Buffett's essay on this. It was published in Fortune or Forbes uh, at the end of '99. It's pretty famous, and it's, it's got a lot of good investing lessons in it. One of the can... investing lessons that it, it mistakes is the of course the 17 year locusts because really they're cicadas. They're, cic- <laughs> they're cicadas. cicadas, but everybody calls them locusts.
0: Uh, so this morning the US Department of Justice filed an antitrust lawsuit against Google. 11 state attorneys generals uh, have joined as plaintiffs. Um, the lawsuit alleges Google has unlawfully maintained monopolies in markets for, and I'm quoting here, general search services, search advertising, and general search text advertising. Uh, they claim Google has maintained its monopoly through anti-competitive and exclusionary practices uh, As we, uh, from the time we started Recording this podcast to just now, Google has posted their response. Uh, this is from Kent Walker, who's the senior VP of global affairs and the chief legal officer. And the headline in Google's response is a deeply flawed lawsuit that would do nothing to help consumers. And the fact that shares of Alphabet, the parent company of Google, are up 1%, 1.5%. Uh, makes me think that investors as a group aren't too worried about this lawsuit. Should they be?
1: No. Well, I, one, I just want to go back. I was thrown for a while. Do you want to try to, again on the uh, the attorneys state generals that, that you talked about? Because it's a hard one. It's a hard state one.
0: A, state attorneys generals?
1: Well, it would be state attorneys general. Oh, okay, Yeah. So get that wrong. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You went with attorneys, state generals. uh, And I hope that you get the chance to correct me several times uh, in the rest of this podcast, because I would deserve it. And at any rate, uh, and you'll probably get to right now when I start talking about the the merits of the case. uh, You're right. The market is uh, shaking this one off, perhaps sensing that the uh, attorneys general involved from the various states all seem to have something in common, which is a uh, Republican-leaning agenda. And if that is the case and the election uh, holds up uh, where the current polling goes, uh, one might guess that this is not a suit that is going to have great longevity. So, that's one reason to interpret the market's you know, putting this aside for the moment, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I think there's uh, you've got the two issues here: are what is the monopoly power which is being alleged, uh, and is it being used illegally? So you got to win both sides of that. Does Google have monopoly power in search? Uh, you can argue both sides of that. I mean, the de facto it does, but there are reasons uh, that the other search engines allow it to certainly argue that it's not a monopoly. Uh, And then in what manner, if it, even, even if it is, you're allowed to be a monopoly. It's just, do you then use that power legally or illegally? And I haven't read the uh, suit uh, to know what the exact illegal uh, use of the power is. I think it's um, part of its advertising and part of it. I think it seems to be, um, You know, a a political gripe.
0: Well, and and just to add a little bit more clarity, uh, because we rarely get into politics on this show and for anyone who, I I don't want anyone to mistake what you just said as political commentary. The fact of the matter is, uh, the 11 state attorneys general who have joined this lawsuit are Republicans. Um, and they represent the states of Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Indiana, Kentucky, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, South Carolina, and Texas. Um, and you know, and to what's happening with the stock? Yeah, it, it it does kind of seem on the surface that this seems like one of those lawsuits that, depending on the outcome of the election in a couple of weeks. Um, if a different administration takes over uh, and a new attorney g- uh, general for the United States takes over, uh, there's a decent chance this lawsuit just goes away completely. But uh, I don't know if you're if <laughs> if you're Microsoft with Bing, if you're if you're I guess Verizon owns Yahoo now. Like I mean, part part of Google's response is, hey, people can use Yahoo search, people can use Bing. It's really easy to do so. Um, I, I haven't read through their entire response, but it wouldn't surprise me if they drew a comparison to uh, what you and I as kids knew as the phone company, and sort of the, the breakup of the phone company, where it really was a situation where, yeah, you don't have any choice, this is it, which led to uh, the, the breaking up of the phone company into the so-called Baby Bells.
1: Yeah, and the uh, short-lived uh, attempt to break up Microsoft um, back in uh, 99 2000. Uh, this this uh, seems a little bit like that uh, in terms of what the monopoly power would be and what the choices are uh, for it. So I think you know it. it yeah, and, and to reiterate what you said. Um, I'm I'm just saying, if the market is dismissing this, one of the interpretations of that might be that this has uh, politics as part of the the suit. That's not to say that 11 Republicans or 11 Democrats, uh, attorneys general, uh, couldn't bring a suit um, that that, that is completely winnable on the law, uh, but the market is looking at it as that—that uh, that seems to be part of the flavor of this. From what you know, and I, I think the interpretation of like what the market thinks is always something that you should stop and and say, the market doesn't think that's not a thing. Uh, but the market takes uh, market collectively reflects actions, and I think that uh, right now for whatever reason, possibly a handicapping of the political environment, uh, the market's not too worried about this one. I think it's
0: interesting that you described uh, the federal government's uh, attempt to break up Microsoft as short-lived. My hunch is that Bill Gates and Steve Ballmer and the people at Microsoft who were working there at the time, I bet they don't think of it as short-lived.
1: Yeah, well, it depends that on was what- years. Kind of, That depends. was years and
0: God knows how many millions of dollars.
1: Depends uh, uh, how much litigation you've done. Years of litigation can really be quite short in the uh, scope of how long litigation often takes.
0: We will end there. Bill Berger, always good talking to you. Thanks for being there.